You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions. To learn more about our program or other programs on KUCI, log on to KUCI.org. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. We, ha- we are going to be having some information today shared with us from Linda Zusman. Linda, did I pronounce that name correctly? It's Zussman. Everybody says Zusman. It's Zussman. It's Zussman. Linda, you have had an incredible experience that I am really looking forward to bringing to life here, um, you know, to, to sharing this with, with our listeners. You've written a book called Throw Me the Rope. It's a living, um, a memoir on your daughter. Is that right, uh-huh. Lauren? That's right, a memoir on loving Lauren, yes. And I have to tell you, from what I read here, it's an extremely important message, I, I think, to, to, to bring out on the way you've handled all this. Thank you. And, Linda, you're, you've been in, you're an educator. You've been in the educational field for, I guess, most of your working career. Is that correct? Well, um, I came back 13 years ago. I did a few other things in between besides raising two daughters. But, yes, I came back to Newport Mesa uh, Unified School District about 13 years ago, and I worked um, mostly with teens. I see. I see. Could you share with our listeners a little bit about the common thread that you see with our, our young adults today? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you know, some, some students were very motivated, but after working with, oh, I would say about 500 families, families and their, and their children, teens and, and young children, um, I saw a common thread of entitlement issues, which usually got them into a lot of trouble. They just thought that they deserved things uh, without earning them. Mm-hmm. And um, instant gratification. They wanted to feel good right away. Um, again, uh, not earning anything. Um, and I think what stood out in my mind, um, recently is the lack of motivation, probably because of the news and the lack of jobs and um, what's going on in our world today. Well, I'm sure that you get to talk to, you've, you've spoke with a lot of young adults to form this opinion, no doubt. Yes, I have. And it's a shame because, you know, we want our young people to do well. And I think more and more are going to addiction. Um, I have met all kinds of families, and uh, addiction is, it seems to be in everybody's house at one time or another. I think you're right. I, I know a lot of people that are in the psychiatric field, and they have job security, I'm afraid. Mm. <laughs> um, could you uh, share with us what made you decide to write this book about your daughter? Well, she had a, um, you know, she became sober at 18. She was um, uh, partying. She was a model for Ford. And uh, this is a beautiful girl where doors opened up to her. Uh, she was partying on Memorial Day when she was 18 years old. And she uh, overdosed on alcohol. It was alcohol poisoning that actually put her in the hospital, and she almost died. Uh, this is very common. Um, Orange County now has some groups of parents representing children that are overdosing accidentally on either uh, drugs, prescription drugs, or alcohol. In Lauren's case, this was a wake-up call. She went into a 12-step program and never wavered until uh, 
for eight years until she died hmm. due to a heart condition, having nothing to do with alcohol or drugs. Yeah, I read some stuff, and I'd have yeah, to... Yeah, well, say. I wrote the book because she definitely just got sobriety. She had a conscious way of living a healthy, holistic lifestyle. Hmm. She was going to NYU to be a life coach, and at the time of her death, she had already helped hundreds of young women stay sober. So I am now her voice. It's it's really a bio-memoir wow. for parents as well as people that struggle with anything. I mean, not just alcohol, but um, overeating, gambling. Uh, addictions are addictions. And the common thread there is numbing. Um, mm. You know, not yeah. to feel numbing, mm. whether it's alcohol, whether it's shopping. Mm. Um, you know, this is this is a common thing among many people. Could you share with our listeners uh, exactly what, what was the sober wake-up call for, for Lauren? Well, she, she almost died. I mean, she ended up in the hospital. Of course, her friends dropped her off and ran away because she passed out. And uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning, they were pumping on her chest uh, in which she came to. She came home to uh, Newport Beach, um, and she told me she's an alcoholic. Uh, and the story came out. What was interesting, I mean, there's angels all over. The, the next day she went to the bank, and the person behind her was a counselor for addiction. Hmm. And she met him briefly at college. He was speaking about addiction just three months prior. And she told him the story. You know, she got drunk. She had 12 beers. She was in the hot sun. She passed out, and she, she her organs started to shut down. And he said, you'd be in my office at 4 o'clock. This was in Tustin. Hmm. So she went to his office, and that was it. He he slammed her. He laid down the rules that if you don't get help, you're going to end up dead. We were in the office. My husband and I were in the office the next day, and we were blown away. We had no idea. Hmm. We had no idea. We knew she dabbled. Mm-hmm. We knew, like everybody else mm-hmm. in high school, we mm-hmm. knew she dabbled in, in alcohol and marijuana, but we had no idea that she had a true addiction to alcohol. How old was she at that at that period? She was 18. Mm-hmm. She was 18, and, uh, you know, don't let things fool you. I always said if they're doing well in school, they're not going to have problems with drugs and alcohol. She was an honor student, and she was a major soccer player, and yet she still found time to do drugs and alcohol. Hmm. Well, how did she how did she begin her journey with sobriety? That's you know, it's funny, she took a completely different approach to life. After being a professional number, you know, she really numbed herself uh in high school. Uh and um again, she definitely had entitlement issues and instant gratification is- issues. She uh went to AA you know, it could be any 12-step program, but in her case, she, she went every day. And she found the gifts of sobriety hmm. and being enlightened. And she was reading books, and she was with good, clean people that all had a common thread, and that was reaching integrity. Hmm. Um, and when you start to have a clean slate, the whole world opens up to you on a whole different level. And the transformation in the eight years were incredible. She lived more in those eight years than most people live in a lifetime. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, what is it about Lauren and her story that is so powerful? Well, I think that she made it. I mean, she never wavered. She wasn't in and out of, of a rehab. She... Um, uh, 
she met a lot of sages along the way, especially in Europe. Uh, when she went to New York, she did a lot of modeling in uh, Europe. And she always said, I meet these sages that I was supposed to meet. She would gather the information from these people, and then she would give those gifts to, to other people. And it was something, it was a routine with her. It was gathering information. Uh, as I said before, she was going to NYU to be a life coach. Um, she was on a very high spiritual plane. That is amazing. Uh, you know, she also said something interesting, and I think this stands out. She thought the desire to change was a gift. And the commitment to the desire is what is needed to stay sober or any, and to change any behavior. And then you have to take the action. May I read you a very short please, paragraph please, from the please. book? Please, absolutely, please do. Okay, these are her thoughts on addiction. I think what lies underneath the alcohol, food, and drug addictions is the inability to be with yourself, to live in your body, to feel your feelings, to have love and compassion for yourself. So much of my addiction was my inability to be consistently present and sit with my feelings. I think I operate on a very high frequency of emotions, and sometimes it's just too much, too much to stay in the game. The feeling is desperation to set free, to breathe, to rest, even if only for a few moments. I remember what it was like. It is not a weakness, but there is a choice. Hmm. And it's just what I said, the desire to change, the commitment to change, and then actually sitting down and taking the actions. What were some of the actions and behavior Lauren incorporated that made that made the difference for her? Do you well, the, the actions we take every day, mm -hmm. this is what she said, defines mm -hmm. who we are in this world. And this was a typical day for Lauren. She'd wake up in the morning. She had to have a very disciplined life with work and uh, play. You know, um, Freud always said work and love is where it's at. And, and this is what this was her world. Well, a typical day was an AA meeting positive attitude at work, and she was a Ford model. She would have as many as three jobs a day, and it wasn't easy. It sounds mm -hmm. glamorous, but mm -hmm. modeling is very tough in New York. She would be very conscious of uh, her diet and eating whole foods, no sugar, no white flour. Again, this all comes down to self-love. Uh, some exercise, she usually took a yoga class, or, or maybe she would meet a friend for coffee. She'd come home. She would make a nutritionist dinner. Um, she would put on soft music, flowers, have a very nurturing environment. And then maybe after dinner she would paint or mm. she would write in her journal or she would uh, keep up with her gratitude journal and then a restful sleep. So all of these have turned now into positive addictions. There was no inclination of heart trouble with her then. No, absolutely not. She uh, she had such a clean autopsy. They're not even quite sure how she died. She was driving with her fiancé in Central Park on Memorial Day, exactly eight years to the day of overdosing on the alcohol. It was, again, Memorial Day. Hmm. Hmm. That is amazing. Isn't it? You know, I interviewed a lady here. Her She started um, her, her brother, um, Dr. Kevin Armstrong, 
39 years old orthopedic surgeon at UCI mm-hmm. Medical Center, same oh. thing. Uh-huh. Well. Just no inclination whatsoever. So yes. it's yeah, I mean, look at she ate salmon and vegetables. Mm-hmm. She took yoga. She was proper weight. She had no eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the alcohol from when she was 18 had nothing to do with this. She she was jogging. She had, they think she had an interruption. They're not sure about her arteries, um, but all in all, it was definitely something to do with her, um, her, the condition of the heart. Wow, that's amazing. You know, Linda, you raised your family in Calabasas. Mm-hmm. What was the family like during the teen years? Well, Calabasas, now, of course, it's known for the Kardashian family, which I'm not happy about. But, I did not know. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was paradise. We mm-hmm. lived behind guarded mm-hmm. gates. Mm-hmm. I was in a dream home. The lifestyle mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. But, again, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we had a daughter that I saw at 15 who had um, obvious signs of depression, uh, and it was hard. It, it was a very hard time. We were pulling the reins in. She wanted this freedom. She was a very pretty girl. Um, she started uh, running around with the Hollywood gang, you know, in between uh, 15 and 18, mm. and it was hard. It was, um, it was not all that great, but I will say my girls had a great father. We were active in, in uh, sports events. Um, we had a we had a great home life, but at the same time, like everybody else behind doors, you just don't know what's going on. No, that's that's a fact. Yeah, being an educator and a mother, would you raise mm-hmm. your children differently? And maybe if so, how would you do that? Yes, you know, you and I talked about this the other day. The the electronics nowadays, it's ridiculous. The, the kids are are uh, again. I think electronics is a form of numbing. Um, kids no longer can feel the normal feelings of boredom or depression, you know, from time to time, um, in which what they're skipping, they're skipping the tools of dealing uncomfortable feelings. And electronics is something that they did a study not too long ago. Um, one of the Ivy League schools did a study about uh, the computer age and being glued to electronics and doing drugs. And what they found was that the kids just transfer one numbing uh, factor to, an, to, um, to the other in that they want to be entertained. They cannot be with themselves. You know, I did a, a family counselor last week, and that's exactly the direction that she took the conversation there. So, no, that, yeah. that's... And also, true. I would have done more volunteering. We did volunteer, you mm-hmm. know, for the Brownies or the Girl Scouts, but I would have continued that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they needed to go downtown to a soup kitchen. They, they needed mm-hmm. to go to museums. They mm-hmm. needed, you know, there was so much narcissistic behavior, which is common, you know, I want, I need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, all about you know, me. Let me tell you something. The, the movie stars now or the celebrities, they're making it much worse. It's, you know, be rich, be narcissistic, do nothing for society, and marry a basketball player. No, you, you certainly nailed that one. <laughs> Um, in the book, you you described that Lauren had a meeting with Oprah. Is that is yes? That, and how did yes. that come oh, about? This is a great story. When she was twenty one, she was three years sober, and you know the, she, it, she was struggling. It mm-hmm. wasn't quite. You, you don't have this wonderful conscious living overnight. It takes years, mm-hmm. and she was three years sober. No, 
no drugs, no alcohol. She gave up all her friends that partied. I mean, this girl was on the straight and narrow, hmm. going to AA every day. And this was right before she moved to New York. Um, so what do you do with a girl who, uh, by the way, her 30th birthday is coming up January 31st. What do you do with a girl who turns 21? Well, I couldn't take her to Vegas for a good old time getting drunk. Hmm. So uh, my husband, I took work off that day, and my husband and I took her to the Bel Air Hotel. And it is lovely there hmm. with the pond and the and the ducks. And um, we were sitting in a booth, and sure enough, Oprah was in the next booth. And she knew it was Lauren's birthday. Um, there was a camera on the table. After Oprah finished eating, she got up with her hairdresser and her bodyguard and came right in front of the table and said, Happy birthday, Lauren. Oh. And um, Lauren was just, Lauren loves <laughs> Oprah, as everybody does. And Oprah said, Let's take some pictures. Oh. So Lauren got out of the, thank God we had a camera on the table. Um, Lauren got out of the booth, and we went, we took some pictures, all of us, and then she said to Lauren, she just knew she was a model, it was kind of obvious, she hmm. said, What's, you're a model, aren't you, What what is it like living in Bel, Bel, um, Beverly Hills, being a model, and she said to Oprah, oh, Oprah, I have demons, mm. and that's all Oprah had to hear, Oprah came back to the booth after taking pictures and said, I'm taking your daughter with me, hmm. and they, they left for two hours. And they talked cortex to cortex. And uh, I know she was not talking to a typical 21-year-old. She told her about her sobriety. She told her about mm. uh, having depression. She told her about the struggles in life. Mm. Um, and uh, before I knew it, um, Oprah called my house two weeks later looking for Lauren. Um, and Lauren did not call her back. Lauren felt, Lauren knew that she wanted her to be on the show and kept that very quiet and said she wasn't ready. Hmm. She was still cooking in the oven. Hmm. And she said, I know that our paths will one time meet again. Hmm. And sure enough, Oprah a year ago invited us to her show, my family, hmm. knowing that Lauren passed uh, as her VIP guest. Oh, wow. What, what, yeah. an, what, a, what an honor because, no, yeah. she's definitely... So they took pictures and then she wrote, mm -hmm. oh, Oprah wrote a beautiful letter uh, upon finding out that she passed, which was mm -hmm. three and a half years ago. And she sent a $1,000 flower bouquet from Beverly Hills mm -hmm. with a limo driver. And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was uh, very meaningful, you know, Absolutely. that relationship. Well, and it meant so much to your daughter. That's the that's the key because that's what a mother wants is for their children to be, you know, yeah. to be respected and heard. You know, that's yes. uh, everybody yes. should be heard. I think everybody's going to be heard. Our children, if our children are not heard this way, they're going to be heard another way, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they certainly are. Uh, you know, at 21, Lauren moved to New York and was modeling for the Ford agencies. How did right. Lauren's life change once she moved to New York? Well, then she really started uh, blossoming, and she became the swan she was meant to be. She loved the people. She loved the culture. She loved being sober. She was very successful at work, and she one time wrote me a letter saying it was a jip, how she numbed herself in, in um, high school. Hmm. And um, it, was, it was an awakening for her. Um, I think she was, for the first time, really independent. Um, and this is what she did. Now, now let me make it clear. 
the, the mild feelings of depression and anxiety, they do not go away. But what she did was she used her muscle every time, and there's no substitute for hard work. And she faced these daily challenges, and she got stronger and stronger with it where they were no longer a major threat. Um, she, um, it's funny, we, we had this conversation together, I threw her three things, and I told her, you have to use your muscle. And I said, when you have depression and anxiety, put it in your suitcase and take it with you and show up for life. Hmm. And then finally, and this is the point where she got to in New York, when you earn it, go for the gusto, first do the work, and then jump on the joy. When you see joy, jump on it. Hmm. And that's what life, you know, we're supposed to enjoy life. Absolutely. We're supposed to have pleasure, but you have to yeah. earn it. No, my, my thought is I'm not afraid to die, but um, everybody's going to die, but not everybody gets to live. That's true, and mm-hmm. she certainly did live. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny because um, six weeks before she passed away, and again, she was the picture of health. She came out from New York. She did a whole bunch of modeling shots in uh, Beverly Hills. She was just staying with us for a week, and I took off work, and we ran to Montage Hotel in Laguna for a health spa. Hmm. And uh, thank God I had that day because it was my last mm-hmm. day with her. It, eight hours together, mm-hmm. giggling, having massages, um, having a wonderful time. And she did say to me, I mean, she was at her absolute happiest. Mm-hmm. She was engaged to uh, a lovely young man. And... Um, she loved her job, and she loved her um, going taking classes at NYU. And yet she said to me, you know, Mom, I don't feel like I'm going to have a long life. Hmm. I, f- I felt that ever since I was a child. And, and she did mention that to me before. Hmm. And I said, oh, honey, that's your depression hmm. from high school talking. Hmm. Nothing's hmm. going to happen. Hmm. And sure enough, she went outside. She wrote a poem. It's in the book. It's called In His Arms. I mean, she's so happy with this guy. And it's about being safe in his arms, mm-hmm. and it was a gift for him, you know, mm-hmm. this poem. And sure enough, uh, six weeks later, she died in his arms. That is amazing. Well, we're getting towards the end of the show, but I did want to know, um, Lauren changed her um, her career, uh, modeling career, into yeah. NYU. What, yeah. what, why the change of heart? Well, it's because she had this gift of sobriety, Mm -hmm. and she wanted something more than just being a model. Mm -hmm. She was uh, 26 years old. She absolutely loved psychology. Mm -hmm. She loved going to NYU. She was already helping many, many girls. She was the most requested speaker at AA, both in Newport Beach and Manhattan. And she had this gift. She didn't want to be an international model. She wanted to be an international speaker. Mom, you have some big shoes to fill here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, you know, everything I threw her now comes back to me. I, I, you, know. you know, I look at her. I threw her the rope. Now I need her to throw me the rope. Mm-hmm. She threw the rope to many, many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I named mm-hmm. the book Throw Me the Rope. Well, you're living for two here. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You stated that Lauren died at the happiest state of being. Can you explain that? Well, she was with the fiancé, eight years sober. They were going to move back to California. She had um, several months uh, with her contract with Ford, and she wasn't going to renew it. She was going to go on to uh, opening up a practice as a life coach. And uh, she couldn't have been happier. I mean, uh, and it's so funny because she loves New York Central Park, and she really did. I mean, thank God she didn't suffer. 
she was um, she was at her happiest. Yeah, I would have loved to have interviewed her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wouldn't we all? Yeah. Could could you share with us how you're handling the mourning and grieving process of, well, of losing a child? I, I mean, well, first of all, I, I I wrote an article. It's a great article for anybody who has lost children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the L.A. Times about the. There's always the rope between the child and the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it was if you go to Los Angeles Times dash my turn and scroll down to mm-hmm. August twenty. Second, there, there, there she is with a whole article. The last chapter is um, dedicated to uh, who she was and a mother mourning and grieving. Uh, look, the, uh, it's the worst thing that could possibly happen. But she's with me every day, if, if anything, in my mind. And I know this book is going to help a lot of people. And I, I want it where she does not die in vain, but uh, my voice becomes her voice. Exactly. And it goes on. You know, um, in the book, you published Lauren's letter that were written to you from Italy. Do you mind sharing a, oh, yes, a yes, few yes, passages? Yes. Um, she wrote, this is beautiful, um, she met many sages along the way, as I said before, and she said there's certain things she just can't get from a textbook. She states, I am witnessing God speaking to me through others and through my experiences here in Italy. I realize this is why I am here. I realize less is more. Simplicity is above all else, and it produces purity, food, love, prayer, nature, and the connection to people. It is really important to really take the time to look people in the eye. I really enjoyed every character I met. And this is living in the present. I mean, she could not have done this if she was not sober. No, you're totally right. It, it's definitely an insight for a young person to, to, to write something like this. You know, we're winding down, but could you give us a few words for women, for women that are struggling with addic- addictions and sobriety, maybe? Mm-hmm. Well, never give up. Never. Mm-hmm. And if you want it, you'll have it. Um, people that are, people are, I mean, you hear people don't stay sober, they're in and out. If you want to be successful, the success rate is 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that. I mean, I've met so many of her friends from New York. They're all sober. They're professional women. Um, it, it all comes down to being dedicated to, to uh, sobriety. When, when Lauren would meet a young girl, a party girl, and she would say to her, if you're not serious, go back out there. You know, I'm here. Go back out there, party until you see it's a dead end, and then come back to me. Linda, could you give us your your web address just so that because yes, my web address is um, lv28 at coxcox net, and my website uh, that's my email, and okay. it's fine if people want to email me. my My website is throwmetherope.book dot com. and the book is available on Amazon dot com, both in paper and mm-hmm. Kindle. And, and I, a portion of the proceeds yeah. will benefit Orangewood Children's Home down here, which is a foster home. Which is a which is a lovely, incredible place too. I yes, might like yes, to I, throw I'm that working in. with the young girls there. Oh, I have worked with well. the young girls there, and I plan to do more. Well, I think you know, Linda, you do have some big shoes to fit here, but I, yes, <laughs> I do. I want to thank you again for for uh, sharing this information with listeners and. Uh, 
listeners, throwmetheropebook.com would be definitely worth a, um, a trip. And I want to thank you again for sharing that information. I want to thank you. Mm-hmm. As you know, as we talked before, and we're very much on the mm-hmm. same page with children and mm-hmm. art therapy yeah. and bringing out their best self. We'll, we'll definitely. I don't, think, I don't think we're done yet here. No. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, it's a pleasure, and I want to thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you're listening to KUCI 88.9. FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions. To learn more about this program or other programs on KUCI, log on to KUCI.org. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue. Me and, you. and I think to myself, what a wonderful world.